we only live once and I feel like we should live all the experience we can. And going to the US, I don't, I'm not saying that all experiences are great. Like I had a great experience and I know I was lucky for that, but I feel like we should. I, I feel like we should experience new cultures. And if we can go play somewhere else besides our bubble, our culture, our homes, like out of our comfort zone, I feel like we should go. Another season in the books, the podcast featuring European professional athletes who pursue their university degrees at home or in the United States. We'll talk about the ups and the downs, the pros and the cons. We'll hear from each athlete as they talk about their journey through academics and athletics. I'll also be talking to coaches and getting their opinion on the subject as well. I'm your host, Leslie Knight, 11-year veteran in Spain's professional basketball leagues, Liga Femenina 2 and La Liga Endesa. Let's get to it! Welcome back, everyone, to another season in the books. Today, it's my pleasure to bring you another great story from yet another incredible student and professional athlete. Her accent is endearing, and her story is inspirational. Luiana Livulu says her path wasn't difficult. She was just living her life. Well, in my humble opinion, she has truly made the most of her opportunities and pushed forward even when times were tough. From Lisbon to Florida to California, then on to Germany, Spain, Great Britain, and back to Portugal, Luiana has done a great job living her life. Good morning, Lou. I, I was trying to practice your name because I always get my tongue tied. But why don't you go ahead and say it for all of us? Luiana Livulo. Luiana Livulo. Yes. Uh, it's so beautiful. But good morning <laughs> from Spain. You're talking to us from Portugal. And even though we're neighbors, we're still an hour different on the time zone, which kind of just blows my mind. <laughs> yes. So currently, currently, where are you? I'm in uh, Guimarães, it's the north of Portugal. Okay, yeah. so are you close to Oporto? I am one hour from Porto, yes. Okay. Yeah. It's one of the places on my list to go visit at some it's point. It's beautiful, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's 9 a.m. where you are, 10 a.m. here in Madrid. Yes. And um, it's full. tell us, how do you say good morning in Portugal, in Portuguese? Bon dia. Ah, bon dia. It's yeah, very similar to Spanish, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm speaking with a, I want to say trilingual, but you're probably, you probably even know more languages than that. No, no, I only know three languages, Portuguese, English, and a little bit of Spanish. Okay. Okay, yeah. well, only. That's still true. <laughs> um, well, let's just jump right in. Tell me about your first sports memory. My first sports memory, um, I would say I, I just started playing basketball. Because I started like late, I was 11 oh. and um, and I was really tall and I, in my family, no one does sports. So I was walking in the street and this coach saw me and, and he was like, oh, you're really tall. You want to try playing basketball? And I was like, okay. So I went and a couple of weeks later, they sent me to a camp, a basketball camp. Wow. Could, yeah. Under 12s. And it was really fun. So. Yeah, I think that was my first sports memory. That's so interesting. I love talking to people who start later in life um, because for me, it's like, wow, really? You didn't you didn't play when you were in second grade, you know? Um, but so what you just said that you weren't from a sports-oriented family. Mm -hmm. So what do you think your family, what do you think your parents were thinking when their daughter was all of a sudden going off to basketball camp? I don't know. They the first first they were like, who was this person who talked to you in the street? Right. So <laughs> the next day they went with me, but then they saw it was a safe place. So from there they just they just let me go. Okay. And you grew up? Did you grow up in Lisbon? I grew up in Lisbon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're just walking down the street in a fairly big city. Yeah. I mean, it's on the other side of the river. It's okay. still considered Lisbon, like Great Lisbon, but it's not Lisbon, Lisbon. Okay. It's not as big, but it's still, yeah. Okay. And you have 
I'm trying to think, at least one brother and one sister, or more than that? Brothers and one sister. Yeah. Okay. So did any of them play sports? Uh, no. Wow. We play sports. My brother tried to play soccer, my younger brother, but then he stopped. Okay. Yeah. And you're mentioning your height, that you are a really tall, young girl. Well, I'm trying to think myself. I think I stopped growing in seventh grade. So I was already about six feet tall in seventh grade. You <laughs> you are six foot three, more or yes. less? Yes. So how tall do you think you were in when you were in sixth grade, when you were 11? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> probably. I mean, I don't know if you were 6'3 yet, but you were probably pretty, you were yeah. up there. I was up there, yeah. Okay. So then you went to this camp and um, I'm assuming you met a bunch of new friends yeah. and they probably were part of the reason why you just loved what you were doing and yeah. um, decided to continue. Yes. Absolutely. Are you still friends with some of them? One of them, yes, is still my friend because we still, we played together. Okay. After that, and we actually we just started talking this summer again. Wow. After years, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, small world. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you started around. You said you were eleven. When do you think you started taking it um, pretty seriously? Uh, when I was fifteen, sixteen, because I started going to the national team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was from there. Wow. I I also look at that. It's like, that was only five years. You know, you started playing first time playing basketball when you were 11. And then by the time you're 15, 16, the national team is already calling you to see if you want to participate. That just really blows my mind. Like you're representing your country. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, for me, it's just, it's mind blowing. Um, So you played U16, U18 and U20? Yes, and the seniors too. The, yeah. I'm the senior. Okay, so um, you were then traveling, I'm assuming in the summers, you were traveling yes. all around Europe, maybe even outside of Europe, I'm not sure. No, I never went outside of Europe with the national team. Uh, but yeah, I traveled to Spain, France, Italy, Macedonia, I don't know if that's how yep. you say English. Yep. Finland, Israel. A lot of places. Romania, yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah, hard to even probably remember all those tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, your family is like clapping their hands and supporting you? Or what did they think about all this? I just... They just thought that I enjoyed it. And so they just let me do my thing. <laughs> right. They were but supportive. Is, yeah, they were. But um, my family left when I was 14. They left Portugal to go back to Angola. Ah. And at the time, I was in, um, they call it, uh, it's like in Spain, it's like Siglo. Ah, like a high performance sports academy. Exactly. exactly. So I was there from the age of 14. And that's the only reason my, my mom didn't take me with her to Angola, because during the week I was there. Ah. And the weekend I would go to my club. Okay. I didn't realize that places like that existed as well in Portugal, because I know what, you know, Siglo Bentino is. And for everybody listening in, in English that doesn't know what that is, it's like a, it's a high performance sports academy, basically, where kids go for four years from when they're 14 to 18. Yes. I and they, they live there, they eat there, they study there, everything. So it's, it's like yeah. a scholarship type thing, right? I'm assuming yes. they, rec- they recruited you to, to go there. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you're 14 years old. You're in the sports academy and your whole family goes back to Angola. Um, (laughs) I cannot even imagine what that felt like, but um, you must have had a very good supportive group at this performance academy, this high performance academy as well. I did. I did. Okay. I think I was lucky. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. (laughs) Yeah. So then when you get to the end of your four years, I'm assuming you had other teammates thinking about playing afterwards. Um, Did you, did anybody else have the opportunity to go to the United States or how did this uh, even come about? What I knew about the United States was that I could study and play basketball. And in Portugal, it's not like that. Like we don't have a support system to play and study. So that's the main reason I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my mom didn't want it at first. So actually when I left um, CAR, I went to my club and I still went to university in Portugal for one year, but it didn't go well because that's not what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, so that's why I went so late to the US. Uh, Sophia tried to go too, but that didn't go well. So that's when she went to Spain and started a professional career. Did you guys know each other from the performance yes. academy? We worked together for three years. Ah, okay. I don't think I realized that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because you, um, when were you born? 1991? Okay. And Soph, when was she born? 1990. 1990. Okay. So yeah, you guys are just one one year different. Yeah. Um, okay. So then how did you start finding out about teams? How did they recruit you? Maybe from the national team or? Uh, mainly one coach helped me at the time because it wasn't as, I feel like today girls just go because it's more, I don't know, more open and there's more information about it. Uh-huh. Uh, at the time I tried to send uh, highlights to universities, but I never got anything back. <laughs> but, this coach, but this coach helped me and that's why how I went. I was supposed to go to an university, but then I didn't get the scores in my TOEFL. I think it was TOEFL. I didn't get the English course, uh-huh. so I couldn't go. So I ended up going to a junior college, and then I got recruited to go to UCLA. Okay. Um, yeah, because you had to take the TOEFL, and then you probably the had to take the SAT. Yes, with yeah. not a lot of English. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think about that test, and it's hard enough as it is, let alone taking it in a different language. Um, and even trying to prepare yourself for it because now obviously your English is great, but back then, did you take English class at school? Did you even, you know, social media wasn't necessarily maybe as strong as it is now. So as far as like watching movies in English or anything like that, it just was different. Yeah, I did. I did all that. I did. I took like a, a course, but it wasn't very good, but it taught me, it taught me a little of grammar. Uh-huh. And I, I learned it in school too, but I was terrible. Wow. I failed in English in 11th grade. So. <laughs> and yeah. look at you now. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so the world of junior colleges is a world that I'm not very familiar with. So I'm really curious to ask you um, like, what your experience was like. I was reading this morning. It sounds like you had a really good couple years there. And help the team, uh, was it, win their first conference championship in like 17 no, years? Yeah, I think we were tied in the first place. I'm not sure. I don't actually remember. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Northwest Florida State Northwest College. Northwest Florida State College, yes. Okay. And yeah. is it is it Niceville or Niceville? Niceville. Niceville. Oh, well, isn't that nice? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you went through this process a little bit later, but... Yeah. Junior college, was it a full, is that a full ride scholarship? It was. Yes, it was. Okay. So when you communicated that to your mom, was she a little bit more uh, warming up to the idea or she was just nervous about sending her baby all the way across the world? A little bit, but at that time we didn't live together for so long. So it was just a different country. So she was, she was okay with it. Okay. So how how were those two years and what was the adaptation process like when you arrived to Florida as far as culture, on the court, off the court classes? I mean, that's kind of a whirlwind of changes. It was. First of all, my English wasn't good. So, yeah, that was that was hard. Um, the culture was very different, even college from college to university. It's it's. Um, college was a, like a big shock. It was, uh, first of all, basketball. Uh, basketball wasn't wasn't easy either because it was way more physical. We practiced more, and my classes weren't easy because I didn't know how to speak English. <laughs> once once I started like uh, going to ask uh, talk to my professors, they were really really helpful, and I actually had really good grades after. I stayed there for a year and a half, and I had really good grades at the end. Uh-huh. It was hard, but it, it was good. It was really good. Yeah. Well, because I'm imagining you with Sophia. And for people that don't know who Sophia is, she's another uh, basketball player from Portugal who currently plays with me in Estudiantes. 
Um, and you guys are very social, you know, you're, you're talking, you're dancing, you're singing. And then I think about you going to a foreign country where you don't know anybody, you're not comfortable with the language and what that's like for somebody who's used to being so social to then be quiet and be kind of the little, the mouse in the corner, just observing, you know, it's, it's not easy. I've been there too. And what do you think was pushing you to just continue on those bad days where you were, you know, probably sad at times, um, frustrated? Um, what was your motivation? Uh, I wanted to succeed. I wanted to finish uh, school. So, uh-huh. yeah. And I had uh, a friend, she was in the same conference. I had two friends, actually. They were in the same conference. And sometimes she would come and pick me up and we would go visit places. So it was hard, but I had like still had some support system from home there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Before going to Florida, did you have any stereotypes about the United States? Like, did you think, I don't know. I don't know what you were thinking. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> I thought the big about the big yellow buses that took children to school. Yeah, that's the main thing, and I saw them when I got there. <laughs> that that was the main thing. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that came from like uh, cartoons or the movies or movies. Yeah. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Um, and then what about junior college? Like, what about the facilities? What do you? What was your um, impression about the gym, the weight room, uh, how you traveled to games? Uh, really good. Then we, we just traveled by bus. Okay. So, and we didn't go very far apart when, when we went to the nationals that we traveled by for 16 hours, uh-huh. but it was by bus. Um, the facility, facilities comparing to Portugal, they were great. Really, okay. Really, really good. But then I went to university and it was even bigger <laughs> and yeah. better. But yeah, they were good. I think they were great, actually. When I went from Portugal to there, uh-huh. uh, everything was big and everything was... What know. was your experience with the food? I'm sure it was very different. Yes, yeah. I gained some weight, I confess. Not a lot because it's hard for me to gain a lot of weight, but I gained some weight and I learned to eat a lot of fast food. <laughs> I didn't like, but I had to in the beginning. Then I started cooking for myself. Yeah. After a At- while. At a junior college, do they, like your scholarship includes obviously everything. So your, your apartment, your classes, and then is there also like a cafeteria where everybody goes to eat? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you had all your meals at the cafeteria. Uh, I had lunch at the cafeteria and breakfast. I could have there, not dinner. Not dinner. Okay. No. I mean, I could take a box to go and I did in the beginning, but then I stopped doing that because I'd rather cook for myself. And I'm just curious, what were some of the fast food places that you would go to? In the beginning, Wendy's. Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a lot of pizza, Papa John's. Yeah, those, those are the two I remember the most, actually. Yeah, which I do enjoy that food, but maybe once every now and then, not yeah. every week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so then, and your first year and a half at junior college did you I'm assuming you didn't have to declare a major or anything you were just taking like your general education credits and whatnot yes and then uh the rules for junior college correct me if I'm wrong but you said you were there a year and a half the majority of people are there for maybe two years or is this yes okay and then from there the idea is to then go on to a four-year um university or yeah but okay. for two years, because we already did it two years there. Right. So then how did that process work? Who did they recruit you? Did you again yes, try they, to contact they me? Yeah. From there, they recruited me. Yeah. Did you, I'm assuming you had various different schools recruiting you because you had, you did well your first two years in junior college. So I'm sure people were very interested. Yeah, I, I had, yeah, I had a lot of schools. Um, but the ones I decided to visit was South Carolina at the time. And then UCLA and Washington. First, I went to South Carolina, and then I went to UCLA, and I didn't go to anymore because I, <laughs> I knew I wanted to go there right away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. UCLA. I mean, especially for someone coming from Europe, you know, being being from the United States, UCLA has a lot of history, um, a great reputation. 
you think about California, you think about Los Angeles, like you think yes. about Hollywood, you know, glitz exactly. and glamour <laughs> and good weather and beaches. I mean, for somebody from another country to be able to come and go to UCLA, like what was going through your mind when they started recruiting you? I, I don't even know, Leslie. I was just so happy. <laughs> I was just so happy. I was first I thought, oh, no, this is way too big for me. I don't know if I can do this, but I another part of me was like why not try it so that's how i ended up going to the visit and i just i just love the coaches i just it's just it's big but like inside it's just a small group of great people so that's what made made me go there Mm -hmm. um would you say to players that are thinking about you know doing something similar as what you have done would you recommend them to go on visits if they can Yes, absolutely. Because I'm assuming you got a very different feeling from, did you say South Carolina or North Carolina? Uh, South Carolina. South Carolina compared to UCLA. I'm sure they were two different worlds. Exactly. Yeah. And it just, I, what, I just, it's just the feeling. I feel like when we talk on the phone, it's different from going there and seeing and experiencing it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like South Carolina wasn't bad. I just felt that UCLA was a perfect fit for me. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, yeah. That, that I felt by going there, not just by talking on the phone. So, were you also looking for a warm place? <laughs> not really, not really. I, no. Because Florida, South Carolina, UCLA—I mean, you were just going for the sun and the good weather. <laughs> um, and then I'm also assuming that they paid for you to fly out there. Yes. Uh huh. And by that time, your English was better, so you probably felt a lot more comfortable. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, your family—did they know anything about UCLA when you told them, "Hey, mom and dad, I'm changing schools and I'm going to the University of California, Los Angeles." No, they didn't. I I feel like they didn't realize how big it was until they went there for my graduation. Oh. Yeah, that's when oh. they saw everything for the first time. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I've got goosebumps right now just thinking about that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So tell me about the difference between your first, you know, your year and a half in junior college and then this big jump to UCLA. Um, What did you notice? Like what were some of the obstacles? What were what were the differences? Uh, The main differences were everything was bigger in the first place. And then. We just practice harder and for longer periods mm-hmm. of time. But everything was a little bit more organized. Like I felt like all my days were planned out for me before. Like I didn't even have time to think almost. Right. I, I woke up, I went to practice and then I had to go to class and then I had to go to study hall and then in some community service. I felt like my days were all planned out, but I just had to get used to it. And then it was pretty easy because as I said, I. Almost didn't have to. Think, I feel like. <laughs> you don't even have to think about what you're gonna wear. You yeah, just... exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's very interesting because the normal college student maybe goes to college and they have all this time and all these different opportunities and clubs and different things, and then and then when you're a student athlete, it's like your day is literally planned out from the time you wake up to the time you get back into your dorm at night. Um. You don't, I mean, you have freedom, but you don't. (laughs) So then once you got to UCLA, um, you were what starting like your, I don't, you only did it a year and a half at the junior college. So were you starting your junior year or were you? Yes, junior. Okay. So then were you, did you know what you wanted to major in? I knew since I was in Portugal, because I went to university in Portugal and I, I did, I did business. Okay. And I wanted to do it there, there, but when by the time I got there, I didn't have enough credits because I didn't do the right credits. I don't know. I I should have done more in, while in junior college. Okay. So there was was only like three options I had, which was geography, sociology, or gender studies, and I chose uh, sociology. 
And tell me about just the environment in UCLA, because from an outsider's perspective, I think of UCLA. And like I said before, I think of glitz and glam. Um, (laughs) Did people go to class in like sweatpants or did people wake up in the morning and do their hair, do their makeup and they were going to class all fancy? Yeah, a little bit of everything, I feel like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Athletes would go with sweatpants. Definitely. I would go with sweatpants. I didn't even have time to. I didn't want to, honestly, to think about wearing um, pants, real pants, like jeans after practice. I just wanted to go to class. Right. But yes, there was a lot. There were a lot of students who would go with, um, you know, all glammed up, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. And the weather in Los Angeles, um, I mean, it doesn't get too cold there. So could you wear shorts all year long or was it kind of chilly in the winter? Yeah, it's a little chilly, but not like you have to wear like a big jacket, like right. a sweater and sweatpants would be enough. Okay. Um, and tell me a little bit about the culture um, as far as like school spirit, the games, the fans, the football games, everybody wearing blue. Like what was that experience like? It was beautiful. It was just being in another world, like a little UCLA world where uh-huh. every, everybody was a brain. <laughs> like people that are from people that are from Europe. I mean, there are teams over in Europe that have a lot of fans and there's a lot of support and pride, but how would you compare it to an experience, a university experience in the United States? I would say that it was like a soccer team. Imagine the support that the European uh, soccer European team has. It's the same in college for all the sports. Uh-huh. Not, I mean, we didn't have as many uh, fans as the men's basketball team, but we still had a lot of fans. We still had the the spirit was still like strong in our games. We uh-huh. still had um, a band. We still had all that cheering for us. So yeah, so that's my comparison. Like a soccer team in. In Europe, it's like the college spirit in general. Uh huh. And UCLA is in which conference? Uh, Pac-12. The Pac-12. Okay, so you were playing against. Can you list off some of the other schools? Uh, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, USC, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado, and Cal. Okay. And and Stanford. Okay, so majority of teams out there on the West Coast, yes. and um, I'm assuming, did you guys fly in a private jet, or did you fly? We did sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, we did sometimes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was amazed by that. Uh huh. We didn't when, do it often, but we did it sometimes. Yeah, and when you initially arrived, did you live in the dorms, or did they put you directly did, into like yeah, a nice? Yeah, yeah, no dorms. I lived in. Okay. Dorms with a roommate who was also a basketball player or just a random I did not have a roommate that was my request <laughs> my ah. like we lived like in a pod but we all like we all had our own room yeah it was okay. a pod, like with five rooms but it was they were individual and then you get to your senior year you know you graduate your parents come over which I really can't even fathom what that experience <laughs> that was probably their first time in the United States I'm assuming yes 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 Okay. And it was your mom and your dad. Yeah. And my sister and my nephew at the time, he was really young. He was one, one, almost two, I think. Wow. Is this the little boy that I've seen in your Instagram? Yes. Oh my gosh. He came too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he did. What a special, special moment. I mean, the whole cap and gown, you know, did you throw your cap like in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. So then what was the thought process after you graduated? I'm sure you were thinking like, what's the next step? You know, where does my life go from here? I knew I wanted to keep playing. I wanted to go play professionally and experience that. Uh-huh. So right after I graduated, I I had knee surgery. Actually. Uh-huh. So I stayed there from after I graduated until um, November. Um, and that was graduated in, you graduated in May, in June June. June of 2013, 15. Ah, 15. Okay. Okay. So then you were able to stay there, which that's nice. They took care of you and yeah, they did. I stayed at, uh, coach Corey's house, which was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. They were really nice. Then I came back home and I, 
I got a contract to go to Germany mm. in December. So I stayed there for from December until the end of the season. And I'm assuming you then got an agent? Yeah, I did. I did. I got an agent while in UCLA, actually. Okay. And being that you're already from Europe, I'm sure that maybe getting an agent was somewhat easier because you have you have friends that maybe are already playing and or I don't know how that process went for you. Like, how did you contact this person? Uh, they, they contacted they you. Contact, they contact me through the coaches. Okay. So I had uh, an agent first, and then I changed after a year and a half. Um. So you went to Germany. I'm just thinking real quick. What? Where are the different places that you've countries that you've played in since graduating? Germany, Spain. And the UK and Portugal. I play. I played in Portugal, and now I'm playing in Portugal again. Right, because it's we're in 2020, and you said you graduated mm-hmm. in 2015. Yeah. So yeah, five years. Um. So we don't have time. Well, maybe we do, but <laughs> <laughs> to talk about each place. But um. Yeah. What was it like in Germany compared to your experience in UCLA? Did you feel like the level was as good? Um. The style of play. No, I, I played in Europe before, so I knew. It was similar to Portugal. And, uh, okay. it was, yeah, it was similar to Portugal. I knew what I was going for. Uh-huh. And, yeah. And I'm assuming a lot of your teammates could speak English. Yes, yeah. yeah. Even the little ones, which I was really surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And the typical food there is what, like bratwurst and sauerkraut or yeah, potatoes? Yeah, but I still, I cook for myself from them. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I said, so I didn't eat a lot of the typical food when I because I, I cook mostly. Okay. So then from there you came to Spain and that's where we cross paths. Yeah, I no, I went for to La Salle first. Ah. And yeah, that didn't go well. So I ended up going back to Portugal and I played in Benfica for the rest of the season. Okay. And the next year I went to Campos Promete. That's how, where we okay. crossed. In Logroño, yep. Yes. And then after Logroño? I went to the UK for two years and got my master's while playing. Wow, good for you, Lou. I'm so (laughs) impressed and just so proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Is that something you always kind of wanted to do, was live in the UK? Or how did that idea come about? Not at all. I I just felt because like when I left the UCLA, I had um, I had uh, they invited me to go to the UK and I was like, no, I just want to play basketball. I don't want to keep studying. I don't want to take my master's maybe a couple of years from now. But I, I took that from my mind. I was like, no, I don't want to study again. <laughs> and then I started I play was as I played, I was like, I feel like I want to do something else. And that's how. Then I ended up contacting the same person, the same person who contacted me when I was at UCLA. And it wasn't at the university any, anymore, but he, he gave me some contacts and that's how I went there. Yeah. Okay. Because I talked to some teams and one team. So tell me, <laughs> tell me how that experience was of returning to studying and playing at the same time. It was very different. In the UK, basketball is not as serious. Like, we didn't practice as much. So I had the university team where we practiced on Mondays and played on Wednesdays. But the level was, like, pretty low. Okay. And then with the the team, the club team, we practiced only on Tuesdays and Thursdays and played on the weekends. Okay. So besides playing basketball for the two teams, I also had a job. Wow. Because um, I wanted to do something else besides just basketball. What so were you doing? I was just worked at the, I was a sports technician, but basically I was in the reception of the sports hall. Okay. And I just, I didn't take the bookings or anything, but I organized like, I had to change, like if first there was basketball and then volleyball, I had to set up the events and all that stuff. Okay. But I, I was only doing my master's part-time, so I didn't have as many classes. Okay. It was busy, but I still had time to do everything. I was going to say, I mean, you're still, you still had basketball almost every night of the week. Yeah. <laughs> and on the weekends. And when what? I didn't, I had to work, yeah. What's your job? And then on top of that, you were taking classes. So yeah. there was no siesta for you. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. And this was this was also like a scholarship type thing. So because yes, you were playing why, for Yeah, that's why I was playing for the university team because they paid for my scholarship. What they have that they have like partnerships. Club, club teams have partnerships with um universities. Oh. That's how they attract players because there's not a lot of money in the league. Uh-huh. So that's how they attract players by giving them uh, scholarships for university. That is quite a deal. Yes, it is. Like that's <laughs> that's a beautiful thing right there to get your masters paid for because if you would have stayed in the states, I mean, masters are so education in general is so expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were able to play, but then you also played on the club team. So was that also part of the deal? Yes. I went to the club team first, and okay. that's how I got um, the contact to the university because they had the partnership. So what was what did you get your master's in? Um, international hospitality and tourism management. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So are you thinking in the future you would like to live in a different country or? Um... Um, I don't know. I mean for. When I was younger, when I was living in the U.S., I felt like I wanted to live everywhere in the world. But as I get older, I feel like I want to stay close to the people I love and I don't want to go so far anymore. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know where life will take me, but yeah, I don't want to go so far anymore. So yeah. maybe somewhere in Europe. I don't know if we will go to Portugal, mm-hmm. but maybe somewhere in Europe. If I go somewhere else far, it would be like just for a year or two, but then I, I will come back. Uh-huh. I think. <laughs> so if I want to plan a, a future vacation somewhere, I should contact <laughs> you or what? <laughs> you said you spent two years in England, but did it get cut short because of the coronavirus or what happened? Yeah, it did. We finished in March. We were supposed to finish in May and my classes were all online and I went, I came back. When it started getting serious, I came back to Portugal. Okay. And I studied from home and basketball completely stopped. So, and Something. we were doing well. <laughs> the was, university team or the club no, team? No, 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 the, the club team. Well, you said that the British basketball isn't as intense or serious as Spanish, as the Spanish league. So I'm assuming it was, I don't know, maybe like a Division Two Spanish league? Yeah. In like the UK? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now that you've had the U.S. experience, the British experience, um, tell me about some of the differences between the two cultures or how people speak. Um, like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. But talking with you right now, you didn't really, you don't sound that British to me. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't get the accent. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it or you just, no, I like, not you. I, like, I just, I, I just didn't. I just didn't get it. I don't know. Okay. Because sometimes when you are in a new place, like it's really easy to all of a sudden just kind of start speaking how they speak. Yeah, maybe you know? when I was there, I spoke a little bit. I, some terms like I really different like chips and French fries and all that stuff. But right. When I, and I would say training instead of practice. Uh-huh. I was there, but in the regular conversation, I would still use the American terms. Okay. Did people automatically know where you were from? Probably not. No, not really. They had no people idea. People think I'm American. Everywhere I go, people think I'm American. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about, I remember the very first time that I went to London, I was so, I was just laughing to myself because I went to the house of a friend of mine and her roommates, the very first thing that they said to me besides like, hello, would you like a cup of tea? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, they really drink tea and they're asking they really me and I don't They really drink a lot of tea with their milk and all that stuff, yeah. Yes, and I do have to say, I think it was like, I don't know if it was black tea or if it was like Earl Grey English tea. It was delicious. However, I didn't see her make it. So I'm assuming that she put several big heaping spoonfuls of sugar in there because oh, <laughs> it oh, was so good. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I don't know what, like some of the little cultural nuance, nuances, can you think of any that you, you were just like, wow, this is really British. The fish and chips and they love the beer. 
beer. <laughs> but yeah, I went to London while I was there because I'm a big Harry Potter fan, like fanatic. Ah. So I had to go. I had to go to the place where it all happened. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. I love it. Yeah. So I went to London. I stayed there for four days by myself and I went to all the little places where I knew like I searched on the internet where all the places where they filmed and I went there it was just in the middle of the street and I just went there and I was like <laughs> yes they were here <laughs> um and I went to the studio so this the Harry Potter studios of course where they actually filmed the films and it was the best experience of my life basically <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I love it <laughs> yeah. That is so neat. And what about, so the library and like Hogwarts itself, was that based on something there in London or is that, or I don't even know if, li- well, yeah, library, like, is that an actual place? Uh, I don't know. I didn't see that. Like in the studios, they just, what they would do, they would uh, construct a set and then uh, take it take it down. Okay. So some parts of the film, like the Ministry of Magic, they only had like a big block. They didn't have the whole thing. They just have like a small portion. Right. But what they did that I thought was amazing, my favorite part, they reconstructed the... Do you watch Harry Potter? I don't know. I've read all the books and I've seen all the movies, but only one time. It's been a while since I've read them. But do you know the, the bank, Gringotts? Yes. With all the goblins. They reconstruct the whole set. So you get in like you were in the movie. Oh. It was like, yeah. Like a that. dream come true. <laughs> it definitely is. Like for a Harry Potter fan, it's just, it's, I went crazy. Uh. And when I was in the US, I went to the Universal in Florida. So I went, I went there too. Mm-hmm. But the studios were just something else. Yeah. What about like Hogsmeade? Did they? Hogsmeade, yeah. They had yeah. Yeah, they have all that there. Oh my gosh, do they offer you some butter beer or something? Yeah. Or, do they really? I mean, you had to, I had to pay for it, but, right. but yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so cool. Yeah, I just I remember going to London and thinking like, oh, it's just going to be another big city. You know, I've already been to Paris and New York and Madrid, but when I went, I loved it. Like, I don't know why I thought it was just going to be another big city but it has its character its neighborhoods um just the driving on the opposite side of the street the taxis that are these big old black cars and then your driver speaking to you with this british accent and you're just (laughs) like oh my gosh where am i this is amazing you know i i really loved it so would you like you had a great two years there i'm assuming yeah um, and now you have returned to Portugal and you're continuing to play. So then are you also, you finished your master's, I'm assuming? I just finished my master's last month there. Yeah. Okay. So what's on the docket now? Are Is this going to be kind of a year just to play or are you? It wasn't supposed to. My, my goal was to finish my master's and then get a job and, and then just start working um, besides basketball. But I couldn't because of coronavirus, because the tourism industry had like, it's it's terrible now. They're not hiring, they're firing people, so. Right, it's like non-existent right now. Nobody's going anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I decided to play uh, at least for one more year. Uh Um, And I don't know if I'll try to get a job. I want to get a job while playing this season. Uh-huh. I don't know if it will be possible, uh-huh. but right now I'm just enjoying basketball very much. I feel like um, before I was I was missing something, and I feel like now I accomplished getting my master's, and now I feel like I can really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it's a different feeling. Right, you're maybe not as stressed or thinking yeah, about that's... like the future, like what am I gonna do? Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of at an inner peace. Yes, that's yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I'm very happy for you, Lou. That's great. Um, yeah, it's awesome. But so tell me, like, how do you think Luiana has grown um, and matured, like all these years playing away from home in different countries, studying, figuring things out on your own? How do you think 
those years have contributed to your growth as a person, as a player? Uh, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like as I grew older, I I became more aware of uh, how I should be treated, you know? Because I feel like as you grow up, you just go with the flow and I don't know. I just, you made, like, I matured more like emotionally. I feel like I was always pretty responsible because I had to, because my parents weren't like by my side since I was 14. Mm-hmm. So I, I started growing like pretty young. Mm-hmm. I just grew more, like, I feel like emotionally. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know how I did it, honestly. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I look back and when I tell people, people are all amazed, but I'm like, it was not hard for me because it was just, I just had to live my life and I just have to live, I just have to live it that way. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Would you recommend to younger players if they have the opportunity to play in the United States or go play in places like England, would you tell them, yes, go for it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We only live once and I feel like we should live all the experience we can. And going to the US, I don't, I'm not saying that all experience are great. Like I had a great experience and I know I was lucky for that. But I feel like we should. I, I feel like we should experience new cultures. And if we can go play somewhere else besides our bubble, our culture, our homes, like out of our comfort zone, I feel like we should go. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm giving you high fives through the, <laughs> through the airwaves. <laughs> um, and another question just popped into my mind. Are you eligible or have you ever played for the Angolan team? No, because I played for the Portuguese one. Ah, right. So yeah, you couldn't play for two different national teams. That wouldn't work. Okay, gotcha. Um, And now as we're coming to the end of the interview, I just have a couple of random questions. Um, What jersey number do you wear and why? Um, I wear 13 since I started playing basketball. So I wanted number seven, but they didn't have it. So I always said that I didn't pick my number. My number picked me. So I always wore 13 my whole life. Okay. And when I can wear 13, I wear 31. Okay. So it was available. Well, almost always available. Yeah. But I really like it. Yeah. Well, good. Good. <laughs> um, when you play in different countries, is there any specific food product that you have to put in your suitcase that you know you're going to miss or can't find wherever you're going? Not really. Not really. I always find a way to find what I want them. Resourceful. Good. You're, <laughs> you're resourceful. Because I know like a lot of Americans, when they come to the Europe, they bring peanut butter or I don't know, just things that different spices and whatnot. And then I've talked to Europeans who have gone to the States and some of them said that they've brought um, mejillones and lata. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like mussels, canned mussels or jamón serrano, you know, that's been vacuum packed. Um, So I was just curious if there was anything that you brought. But the majority of places you can find just about anything. And if you can't find it, you look it up online and you figure out how to make it yourself. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, And then on the court, do you have a favorite move, your bread and butter, your go to move? Yeah, I have a little um, fade away on the left side. That I got when I was at UCLA now. Okay. In the post, back the to the post, basket, yeah, back turn, basket, shoot, fade away. Turn middle and baseline and shoot, yeah. Okay. Um, and then while you were in the States, were you ever able to go watch any of the WNBA games? I watched the sports, yeah. But I never, I never watched the NBA game. I don't know why. I never okay. read it. But <laughs> you you went in to the stadium and watched the Sparks play? Yes. Okay. We went as a team, yeah. Okay, very cool. Um, I don't know. Do you follow them on or the WNBA in general on like Inst? Well, you don't have Instagram anymore. No, I don't use Instagram, but I I have the league pass. I buy it every summer, so I watch the games. Okay, so you are a fan, fan, just like Sophia, oh, I, man. Yeah, I enjoy <laughs> watching. Do you have a favorite team or a favorite player? Um, oh, that's favorite player. Favorite team. Let's talk about this year. This year, I'm enjoying Chicago Sky a lot. Okay. Um, I was really excited about watching Sabrina Ionesco play, and then yeah. she got injured. That made me really sad. 
Yeah. Did you ever play against her? You didn't, did you? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, favorite player? I would say Elena Deladon. I yeah. But she's not playing right now either. I know. I was shocked. My favorite team dish. I was really shocked when I heard, when I read the article that yeah. she published because I had no idea that she was dealing with Lyme disease. Lyme disease. Yeah. And she takes, I don't know how many pills a day, like 30. Yeah, pills? Yeah. I, so, my mind was blown. Yeah. And right now I'm trying to think she's not playing because she's high risk for coronavirus. Yes. Yeah. Her Instagram is pretty funny too. I must say. I have my account. I just don't go there. Oh, okay. Just delete it from my phone. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I know that's social media. It helps us in many ways, but then it, it absorbs our time in many ways, doesn't it? Um, well, Lou, this was such a pleasure. Time has flown by. It's already been, you know, almost 55 (laughs) minutes, but I just, I just want to congratulate you for, you know, this podcast is called another season in the books, which has a double meaning, you know, another season come and gone and then another season studying and playing at the same time and have to congratulate you for, being resourceful and using basketball as a way to further your education. Bravo, Chica. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Leslie. Yeah. And uh, best of luck this year in Portugal. Enjoy. Best of luck for you too in your upcoming season. And thank you for having me. <laughs> you are welcome. The pleasure was all mine. <laughs> By studying and playing at a junior college, Lou took a path to the United States that I wasn't familiar with. But after hearing her story, it truly makes a lot of sense and is a great option to consider if your initial test scores aren't sufficient. From what I have seen while researching on the internet, it looks like you do not need to take the SAT in order to attend a junior college. And like Lou said, your TOEFL score can be lower. After two years studying and playing at a junior college, you have a great chance of getting picked up by a university or college. And you'll be able to take visits, check out the campus, meet the coaches, think about your studies, and so on and so forth. But you'll be making the decision with two years of college under your belt. You'll be more mature, and you'll be more aware of what you want out of your college experience, both on and off the floor. Plus, you get to see more of the country, make new friends, and have yet another experience. Lou says she was lucky, but the fact of the matter is she didn't give up during her first year when her English was less than ideal, when she hurt her knee, or when she had to pick a major that wasn't number one on her list. Lou's glass-half-full mentality and her desire to succeed led her to a graduation ceremony from UCLA, and then on to a master's completion from the UK. Eyes on the prize. Congratulations, Lou. And that's a wrap for another week here on Another Season in the Books. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and almost anywhere else you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed the show, why not show us some love and give us a five-star rating or leave a comment and let us know what you thought. Your support means a lot and helps get the word out to future listeners. I'm your host, Leslie Knight. Thanks again for tuning in, and please have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, or whenever you listen to this podcast. Take care, stay safe, and have a healthy week.